Hello, I'm Christopher Peterson. Welcome to Let God Speak. When you think of sharing the good news about Jesus with someone, what does that person look like? Do they live in a city or in the country? Do they have dark or light skin? Are they a man or a woman? Often we can have a limited scope of the people we are to reach. But as Christians, we are called to share about Jesus with people of all walks of life. So how can we join in God's plan to bring the whole world into a knowledge of Jesus? Join with us as we study this question together. On our panel today, we are joined by Casey Vakurka and Hannah Nakagawa. Thank you. <laughs> Let's begin with a word of prayer together. Heavenly Father, as we read from your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit be present with us. Give us wisdom and understanding. Help us to apply your principles into our lives. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, our topic of discussion is sharing God's desire to see people from all different walks of life come and put their faith in Jesus. But a criticism I often hear about God is that he plays favorites when it comes to nationalities or ethnicities. So Hannah, is there any truth to this criticism? Well, sadly, many people believe that um, it is true, but it is not true. Well, um, several times um, in the Bible, God says clearly that he does not show partiality or favoritism to anyone based on any gender or ethnicity or race. Um, God loves everyone, any social status. God loves anyone. And um, let, let me read Deuteronomy chapter 10. Verse, um, verse 17, where we can see more on that. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17. The Bible says, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality, nor takes a bribe. So it, it really clearly shows that God shows no partiality. In contrast with the idol worship, in um, ancient times, God did not exclusively um, show his love to any particular tribe or race. Um, instead, his love spreads across entire human race. Wow. And that's incredible news for us, isn't mm. it? So we can see God, his love is for everyone. Yes. But I wonder then, Casey, could you answer if God doesn't show favoritism, mm. why did he choose Israel to make a special covenant with? Hmm, good question. And that takes us to a little bit back in history um, where there was a um, situation um, where uh, most of the world was basically going in rebellion against God. This was around the Tower of Babel sort of time. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because um, after that, there was a number of generations that passed and there was a line of people which uh, did stay true to God, but it was it seems to be quite evident that God needed to have a group of people who would preserve a knowledge of himself mm. um, amid a world where everyone else was kind of forgetting about God and going away from God. And so we find that God actually chose a family 
to hold this knowledge and who he could communicate with and keep this knowledge going. Um, And if we have a look in Genesis chapter 12, we can see this family, uh, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1 to 3. And it says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him that curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So this is where God called Abraham and his family out for this purpose. Um, But it's so interesting that um, it says there that God's purpose was not just for them to come apart Mm. to get to know him, but also that they would be a blessing to all the families of the earth. So to the whole world, they were to be a blessing um, through the knowledge of God that they had. And I think that's a really powerful lesson for us to consider in relation to this topic of mission to people who are unreached, because God may call us out from the world so that we can get to know him, but it's not to stay that way. He wants us to be a blessing to others in the world. Um, So, yeah, these are some of the lessons and this is some of the the reasons why God chose a special people. Mm, Perfect. Thank you, Casey. So, Hannah, I wonder, do we see examples in the Old Testament where non-Israelites or non-Gentiles do enter into that covenant that started all the way back with Abraham and his family. Yes, definitely. We see an incredible example. For example, we see the women Rahab and her family. Mm. They were Canaanites who joined the covenant family. Um, other example is Ruth the Moabites. It's another example. Both of these women were ancestors of Jesus. Mm. Wow, that's incredible, isn't it? That mm. Not only do we have non-Israelites in the covenant, there's some of the ancestors of Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I wonder then, uh, it sounds like there were some small scale successes Mm. in bringing Gentiles into the covenant. Mm. But God said back in Genesis, all nations would come to enter the covenant. So do we see any examples of nations on a larger scale entering into this covenant community. Do we see that, Casey? Mm. Unfortunately, not really. There there aren't really any examples of that. However, there are some examples of where some really influential people were um, drawn to know more about God through his own chosen people. And we can find an example of that in 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 1. And that's uh, talking and it says, Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. And so at that time, Solomon, he was the king of Israel and he was uh, very prosperous. He was at first in his reign, very faithful to God and um, God blessed him. And so this queen from a far country had heard about that and wanted to see what it was about. Um, So she came with questions, but um, we find that it's very interesting her reaction after experiencing what she saw with Solomon and his kingdom in verse nine of that same chapter. Uh, The Queen of Sheba says, Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel, because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king to do justice and righteousness. So here is this this 
queen from another country, she is praising God as a result of what she sees、mm. in this amazing place. And I think this is a really excellent example of what God's purpose was、mm. for Israel.、Um, unfortunately, and even Solomon himself, he turned away from his faithfulness later in his life, and many others did the same thing. And so, this kind of a scenario didn't really repeat itself.、Um, but I think this is what comes close to God's ideal. Yes. Yeah, there's similar、um, uh, stories as well during the reign of another king, Uzziah. We read it、um, in 2 Chronicles 26, verse 8. It says, Also the Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah. His fame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt, for he became exceedingly strong. So we see like this、um, mm. similarity here. But Again, unfortunately,、um, Isaiah too became proud.、Mm-hmm. And yeah, he became a poor leader as well. I guess, like, you know, the pride is the key.、Mm-hmm. Also, the Solomon, he had a lot of wealth, a lot of、um, everything. He had everything. But then it, be- it led him to disobedience、mm-hmm. because of the pride as well. And even the godly king Hezekiah was miraculously healed by God. And you know, he could have praised God and glorified his name. But instead, what he did was that when the,、um, the visitor came to his country, well, he was basically showing off、mm. his,、um, yeah, his place. And he missed the point. He missed this golden opportunity.、Yeah. He could have praised God and glorified his name, but he Couldn't, he didn't.、Mm. It's so frustrating reading those it stories, is. isn't <laughs> it? Where, as you said, Casey, they're so close to、yeah. fulfilling God's purpose, you know?、Yes. And it goes to show that the kings often miss the point、mm. of why God was blessing them.、Yeah. Mm. Uh, God blessed Solomon with、uh, great wealth, and he missed the point. Mm. He, um, he,、uh, King Uzziah, we're told his army was strengthened. He missed the point. Hezekiah, he、yeah. gets healed by God. He misses the point.、Oh, so、mm. it's this real testament to God's patience,、mm. not only with the other nations, but with Israel as well.、Mm. So now we come to the fact that the Old Testament kings, they were unable to fulfill the mission that God had given to bring the nations together. But in the New Testament, we see Jesus. He's going to fulfill what those Old Testament kings failed to do. So I wonder, Casey, are you able to share with us an example of Jesus' mission to the Gentiles?、Mm, definitely. Yeah, so we're actually diving into a new story now, and this one is from Matthew 15 and verse 21. It starts, and it says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And so. From there, he meets an interesting person, and it's yeah, it's a good story we're going to explore. Perfect. And、uh, Hannah, can you give us a bit of context? What's the significance of Jesus traveling to Tyre and Sidon? Sure. So, after the Israelites settled into the promised land, God purposely left some of the pagan nations surrounding Israel for the purpose of testing them. Let me read Judges chapter 3, verse 4. The Bible says, And they were left. That he might test Israel by them to know whether they would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he had commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. So, one of those nations was Sidon, and as we have already read,、mm. Israel did not pass the test, unfortunately.、Mm. Well, he, they、um, followed 
after their custom, which is the idol worship. So instead of spreading the light to them, they were actually influenced and they started disobeying God. Mm. So it's very interesting for Jesus to go to this place, mm. which Israel has a very, we could say, spotty history with. That's true. Uh, Sidon's always been bringing Israel into idolatry, but now Jesus is going there to do submission. Mm -hmm. Well, as Casey said, this is a very interesting story. So let's keep reading in verse 22 of Matthew chapter 15. It says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Mm -hmm. But Jesus answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. Hmm. Now, perhaps as uh, we've read this passage, our ears kind of prick up and go, hang on, something doesn't seem quite right here. Hmm. Jesus is ignoring the cries of this woman. Casey, why does Jesus' response here seem so cold to this woman? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating to study what Jesus is doing here because he was basically playing out and acting out what would be the typical response mm. of some of his own people, some of yes. the Jews, if they were in this situation. Like they would just coldly ignore this person. They wouldn't even speak to them. They would despise them, pretend they didn't even exist and certainly wouldn't care for their troubles. <laughs> um, and so Jesus was acting that out uh, to make a point to his disciples to try and help them to see um, a bigger picture mm. that Christ's mission was for these people as well. And um, it's interesting how the disciples there were, you know, at first, you know, resonating with Jesus' response of ignoring her and saying, you know, send her away, just get rid of her kind of thing. Um, but we go on to see that um, Jesus then flips and changes tactic again um, and, and makes a nice contrast Mm. to help the disciples see a different approach. Mm. Perfect. Well, let's get closer to that twist, shall we? Yeah. Let's go to <laughs> verse 24. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Mm. Now, I wonder, Hannah, is there any truth to this statement Jesus makes here in verse 24? Yes. So Jesus' mission was first to the Jew. To, uh, to the Jew, but it was not at the exclusion of the Gentile. It doesn't mm. mean that he doesn't care for other people. He, it, the light was um, coming from Jews. So Jesus was the person um, through whom the promise made to um, Abraham would be fulfilled. So all nations were going to be blessed through Jesus. Mm. Awesome. Okay, well, I want to get to the end of this very interesting story. So, Casey, do you want to finish out <laughs> yes. the story for us? Yes, let's read it. So we continue now from verse 24 onwards through to uh, verse 28, I believe. And it says, but he answered. Sorry, that's the next verse. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So it's very interesting here because he challenges this woman. I mean, 
Can you imagine what it would be like to be in that position? She's trying to come for help and then he says this to her, well, you don't even deserve this. You're almost like, like to say someone is like a dog would be like an insult, even today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we would still interpret it that way mm. and certainly back then. Um, so th this was really a test. Is she going to just walk away and say, oh, he doesn't, he's not going to do anything for me? Mm. Um, or is she going to persist? And she persists. And it's such an incredible way that she responds there. Yeah. And um, Jesus then rewarded that and then healed. And so this is where he is contrasting what he did before, which was he was playing the cold approach of his own countrymen. And then he was contrasting and saying, you know, actually, I have great compassion for this woman. Yeah. I have power to help her and I'm here to help her. And even though she is not a Jew, she has faith in me, and so her faith is rewarded. Yes. So God cares for her too. Mm. Yeah. Actually, her faith is greater, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, um, Jesus kind of played here that mm. like, he as if treat the way that disciple would treat or other Jews would treat and show them the reality of their belief, the reality of how they treat, mm. treat um, Gentiles, but then, what he's doing is that um, constantly um, he's showing that um, he's showing his will of God that mm. through the Jesus mission and through um, he, he came to show them the love. He came to show the humanity, all of all of us, not just the selected people or race or um, gender or um, social status. He came to save all of us. Mm. So that's what he's um just um, sharing that to, to mm. them. Yeah. And, and that's a powerful challenge for us, isn't it? Yeah. So it was a challenge to the disciples. It is. And yeah. now it's a challenge for us. Yeah. Do we take the gospel out to everyone yeah. or do we sometimes withhold it from people? Um, sometimes we might consider, oh, that person may not be interested or maybe not be worthy. Yeah. But uh, Jesus did not uh, discriminate in that way. He was looking to take the gospel out to whoever was willing to listen. Hmm. So Casey, I wonder, uh, do we have any other examples in addition to this beautiful story here of Jesus' mission to other Gentiles during his ministry? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. There are a number of other examples. Um, one of them is uh, the Samaritan woman. Um, she was from, again, a race that was more or less despised by the Jews and they had a lot of history with and contention with. Um, but uh, she, she became a missionary to her own town uh, through Jesus' influence. Um, there was also a Roman centurion and Jesus said he had more faith than anyone in Israel. And um, he rewarded his faith as well. And then even one of Jesus' own 12 disciples was a Gentile. We can read that in Matthew 10, verse 2 to 4. It says there, now the names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who is Peter, Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Libius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And so that one there, Simon the Canaanite, Canaanites um, were some of the worst idolaters in the Old Testament. Mm. And um, these were certainly not people who followed God. Mm. And yet Jesus uh, recognized in this person uh, someone who had faith. And so he brought him under his wing to train as a disciple. Mm. So the more that we read about Jesus' life and ministry, it just shows that 
he was fulfilling that promise all the way made back in Genesis 12. Mm. All nations were going to be blessed mm. through this covenant. Yes. Mm. Um, now, what is interesting is this is what Jesus did, what he was seeking to fulfill. Once Jesus ascended to heaven, mm. did his followers continue that mission? Definitely. Well, Jesus himself commissioned his disciple um, to not to preach just only few people or few nations or few race, but to everyone. Um, let's read Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of and um, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and Lord, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. I'm so glad that it says, make disciple of all nation, not mm. the one nation, mm. <laughs> not um, few nation, but all nation. And that's why um, someone like me in like brought um, born in Japan can also know Jesus like yes. received the gospel <laughs> this is not uh, the message for particular race or people but this is for everyone and this is his mission he came to die for us so that whoever believing him will be saved mm. and uh, I've often thought about how incredible it is that people so far removed from ancient Israel believe in Jesus today. Mm. Uh, I said that to some of um, some church members uh, in one of my previous churches out in a Western town. And I said, do you know how strange it is <laughs> that you guys who live in Western, uh, Western part of our state in Australia mm -hmm. believe in Jesus and he started his ministry in ancient Israel. It's <laughs> in the complete opposite side of the world. Yeah, that's true. And yet all of us, we're all a testimony mm. to the fact that the church did take that commission seriously, didn't yes. they? Mm. Yes. Uh, I wonder, Casey, as well, was there anything unique about the beginning of the church mm. that showed that this message, it was going to go everywhere. Mm, definitely. Some very amazing things happened. And if you study in the book of Acts chapter two, um, it's got an account there of what happened. And basically um, the early church, the focus was, of course, they first were ministering amongst Jerusalem and Judea. Um, but then the mission was just, you know, all over the world. That was the ultimate goal. And it's very interesting because in in Acts chapter two, Peter is um, is sharing a sermon and um, he preached and there was a special um, a special action of the Holy Spirit that occurred as he was preaching because around listening to him were people from all different nations like and as they're listening to his sermon even though he was preaching in his language they were hearing mm. everything being said mm. in their own language mm. this was a miracle of the holy spirit right um and it's so interesting because you know way back we mentioned earlier about the tower of babel and we mentioned that that was a scene where people rebelled against god and so actually god i confused the languages then <laughs> so that the, the people's plan would be thwarted and they would scatter over the earth but here we see a contrast god is trying to bring people together and have a common understanding um, of himself and he was helping them understand without the problem of the language barrier through the Holy Spirit. So it's amazing to see how God's drive is to reach just everyone. Mm. And what an incredible parallel that 
mm. brings that story full circle, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, one other interesting story that happened in the early church, and again, it features Peter, is God actually mm. gave Peter a vision. And the purpose of it was to show that, yes, the gospel has to go out to the Gentiles as well. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting that in Acts 10, after Peter has this vision, he says this in verses 34 and 35. Mm. It says, Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, mm. but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Mm. And it's interesting that in many ways, that was a bit of a hard pill to swallow for the, the ancient Jews and the disciples. Mm. They had such a long history of looking down on the Gentiles. And yet God was making it clear from the start mm. through um, what happened in the uh, upper room and at Pentecost mm-hmm. through this vision. No, the gospel, it goes out to everyone. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must have been a little bit difficult for them to unlearn what they were yeah, before. For sure. Yeah, but then gospel is for everyone. That's right. Yeah. And so let's kind of wrap things up. We've looked at really this amazing theme throughout the Old and New Testament. Mm. Now we come to us sitting here today. Mm. We have to do, uh, follow the same commission. Yes. So, Hannah, uh, what, what does this mean for our Christian lives today? Yes, that's right. Um, Jesus called disciple to be disciple called, called in a mission. And that is the um, commission is to us today for us being Christian as well. Well, uh, let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18 to um, 21. The Bible says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Hmm. That is the God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the world of reconciliation. Now, then we are ambassador for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Hmm. Verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What a beautiful verse is here. The um, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Jesus became sin for us so that we will be righteous through him. So that he, as he has, um, Jesus reconciled us um, through his sacrifice to, mm. to God, we as well have this mission to be um, ambassador of God and we can bring that reconciliation to the world as mm. well. And it is only through the blood of Jesus. Mm. And uh, it's incredible as well. Galatians 3 says that anyone who's baptized in Christ is grafted into that covenant with Abraham. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, the life and ministry of Jesus reveals to us the challenge to share the message of the gospel with everyone. The God we serve does not show favoritism to anyone, but through his son, Jesus demonstrated love and reconciled the world to himself. As followers of Christ, we must continue the mission he gave to us and share the good news of God's grace, forgiveness of sin and eternal life with people of all walks of life. Will you join the mission that Christ has given to you? Thank you for joining us today 
on Let God Speak. If you were blessed by this program, tell your friends. Remember that all past programs and teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Or you can email us on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We look forward to you joining us again next time. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.